Bugs Bunny turns 50 again. Forrest Whitaker hunts down Michael Chiklis, and Dunkston checks in to our hearts this week on 30 2010. <laughs> to episode two of 30-20-10, the weekly pop culture whatever show that counts Big each rundown. week of 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. We are obviously still in 1986, but I'm your host, Brett Elston, along with the same three co-hosts as last episode. Uh, Chris Antista of the Laser Time Show and Talking Simpsons. Henry Gilbert of Cape Crisis. And Diana Goodman, the video game Apocalypse Widow. Still Widow. I like it. Yeah, well, he's still dead. <laughs> Can't fix that. You know, it'll come back when the movie comes out. That's a comic book joke. I wish I hadn't said. <laughs> all right, uh, so I get it. Last uh, last episode, it was all about January first through seventh, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to keep this up. So now we're in the eighth through the let's say the fourteenth yeah. of yeah. nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked last what episode, but we're still in the era of He Man, Transformers. Yeah. Uh, gas is cheap, food's cheap. Uh, Reagan is Reagan good. is stomping a foothole, a mud hole in America. I'm more concerned with my sandbox and the taxes I'll inevitably owe on my yeah. family's estate. This actually isn't uh, happening either. Why am I lying so much? I uh, know uh, this week I, for news, I, Reagan ordered all Americans to leave Libya, saying uh, Gaddafi is a pariah. Get out of Libya. That's the nice sound. They only killed right? Gaddafi a few years ago, right? Yeah. With some targeted drone, whatever. Man, no, his own his own folks. Oh, they blew him up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, his own folks. He had to run, and then they found him hiding in a ditch. Blew him up. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, movies out of Africa was number one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What Got that to get is. out of Africa. Uh, <laughs> knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Libya's in Africa. Yeah. So yeah. No, out of Africa. Yeah, starred Meryl Streep and uh, Robert Redford. It ended up winning Best Picture for 1985. Wow. It is good. The 80s weren't a great year for Oscar slow. winners. It's in a it's a slow, pretty looking movie. But that's <laughs> well, that's it's one of those. I feel like there were a million of those of like white people go somewhere and fall in love. Mm. Like yeah. Mm. Directed by Sidney Pollack. Yep. Mm. A great uh, journeyman director if there ever was one. Wow. Budget was $28 million, made 128 wow. That's pretty impressive. Meryl's still at it. Robert Redford will appear in things sometimes. Oh, he was in that Boat Wreck movie. Yeah. Um, I watched it. What was it called? Oh, yeah. That like old man mount- going up a mountain thing. Castaway with... Goes to Sea. I, I... No, he did that yeah. too, but this year he was like in oh, some... Oh, this year he did uh, Walk in the Woods, the yeah. Bill Bryson mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. With Dreyfus, am I right? No, not no. Dreyfus. The next movie you direct was Havana in 1990. Oh, that bomb. <laughs> and, and then he was the executive producer of Searching for Bobby Fischer. Yeah. I haven't seen he any also, of these. This hey, is crazy. He did, uh, Tootsie and the Firm, both great movies. Yeah, Firm, and firm is Oh, and Dog Day Afternoon. Which... No, that's Sydney Lament. Oh, oh, damn it. Never it's a mind. Different Sydney. Wrong that Sydney. I do look. Um, but TV, this is, uh, we came in with a plug about Bugs Bunny turning 50 <laughs> again. Yeah. And the what idea is that, that January 14th was a rerun of his 50th anniversary uh, special. Yeah. We'll never be able to, or I guess when we get to 1985 in mm-hmm. November, we'll be able to talk about it. But. Yeah, this was his 50th anniversary. It's our only chance to talk about it. Now it feels... <laughs> 
That's Kirk Cameron. Morgan Fairchild. Little Rich. Little Rich. Wow. This song is incredible. This is... It does not stop. <laughs> Little Richard's still alive. Little Richard, God bless. I, I mean, so that was the exact it. same clip I got because yeah. I, I love the Little Richard was somehow available to guest star in everything in the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was ready in the eighties. People were ready to look back to the fifties. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. you should have been more famous. That's right. I should have. Crazy. He's still and alive. It's fun he's never, to be around. Yeah. He's, he's still alive and he's never come out. Uh, he, well, he said that uh, he, he, I believe he's one of those guys who said, like, he didn't say he was gay in the 50s, but he did say Jesus turned him away from bad things. But yep. uh, anyway, that, yeah. That, that clip rundown is crazy because it's like Fred Savage and Kirk Cameron and William Shatner wishing Bugs Bunny a happy birthday. And beca- I think it's they partially because they sat him down. And because of the video quality, I don't recognize like a single woman in that clip. I recognize Morgan Fairchild. I didn't see but, her. But, uh, but then also, they get smaller windows, like over Little Richard, instead of like cutting yeah. straight to full frame. Well, that's like, who are all these women? That's <laughs> not all, folks. We want more. Which that the sentiment of that song is strange to me because mm-hmm. from the twenty years before this, from seventy to ninety, yeah. what the fuck did Bugs Bunny do that's other than be in reruns? Like it wasn't just reruns because mm-hmm. those were happening. But the, uh, Chuck Jones and Chris Freeling were also putting together those animated. Okay. Yes, they were theatrical films. Yeah, but they were like eight they minutes. Clipped. Yeah, they, they were, were eight, clip movies. They were they clip show movies. But like, but they were. They were coming out in theaters. I mean, like, when you were a little kid, did you know the difference between, like, this is a clip show or Daffy Duck's Quack Quack, quack Buster? I, yeah. I actually did and got into a fight on, on a playground <laughs> about it. It's like, you can tell the difference in the animation quality. Yes. Even back I then, can I could now. tell the difference no. between Chuck Jones, Frizz Freeling, mm-hmm. Bob McKimson, who never gets mentioned, yeah. Poor uh, Bob uh, Tex Avery. Bob you Clampett. can t- Bob Clampett. You can tell the difference. I could tell the difference. Fantastic. Between the the new ones, uh, the mm-hmm. old ones, and the little interstitial bits, well, they're, they're, I at least like that they combine the ones with the same directors. Like Chuck Jones would direct the interstitials for for the clip shows of his cartoons. Yes. For yeah, Bugs. but if you watch something like Quackbusters, the, the, they're cheap, man. The, no, but the, oh, in, hell yeah. the inter will, the little inter bits are cheap. And Mel Blanc is dying on the yes. recording. So I will yeah. recommend from earlier in the decade the Looney 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 that's three loonies right. Bugs Bunny movie yep. mm-hmm. so it's not only a clip show it is also a retrospective no, it, no but it's, it's a look back narrated by Bugs Bunny himself on his career and the bridging sequences are not as awkward and not story based but, I was, right. but I the 20 years after this 50th anniversary was when <laughs> This was when Warner was like went merchandising crazy mm-hmm. with. Well, they the thought, hey, Looney the Tunes. Disney store's working pretty well. Yeah, we was, should do saying, that. I remember you were, asking, those... you were asking why he was relevant. 1940s cartoons into the late 50s and 60s television airings, and it's re-releasing in theaters. To Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny is timeless and has never died and never been out of the public consciousness. I guess more so but... than he's been right now. Well, right now, yes, but mm-hmm. like the the 20 years after that, you have Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Pretty big deal. Yeah, ten years you had, after you had those T-shirts. It was '96, only six years after. His we'll birthday, we'll but, talk about that later this year. But but also the you had those T-shirts mm-hmm. of the like the Thug Looney Tune characters. Yeah, no, well, I, no, do you remember the ones that were like? If you, okay, it was a Daffy one, but it was an all black sweater, and then just ja- Daffy's eyes and beak on it. They oh, were the. Okay. I, I had a yeah. I had a Bugs and Daffy crisscross dressed shirt yes, with the heather pants on, of. shirts yeah. and pants on. And, I remember seeing and those. And like I would, yeah. I call it from living in Florida, the white trash renaissance of Tweety and Tasmanian Devil. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why those two? No, I have no idea. But for some, I, like I see Tweety now, I can't even like the cartoons because I associate it with like. 
but too did, many yelling fat ladies from Walmart to ever like again. <laughs> Uh, yep. The number of bedazzled Tweety Birds I've seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, if I see a Tweety Bird like sticker on your car, I judge you. <laughs> Tweety's a cool character. I judge you. Some of the cartoons are pretty good. So you also, of them. You also grabbed uh, two clips from two people that I'm sure Bugs Bunny doesn't want to associate with. <laughs> they, these two guys had a great 19... Talk about Bugs 2015. Bunny. A lot of people talk about Bugs oh, no. Bunny. But Bugs would not be Bugs today if it wasn't for Mel Blank. But I love Bugs Bunny. Yes. 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 Wow. Who? Donald Duck. Wrong Get people. the fuck out of here! <laughs> Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. No, no, me. you got the wrong people. That's the people that I know. No, but you don't. You have the wrong people. Yeah, Bug Bunny is not Disney. See, how old do you think Bugs Bunny is? Thirteen months. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how long he carried. That does remind. Over the break, I got to show you this horrible Looney Tunes shirt I got because it's intentionally garish, and I wore it to a movie theater where I saw Star Wars: Force Awakens with an eight-year-old, and (laughs) I was very proud of myself. I'm like, "Hey, buddy, you recognize who's on my shirt?" And like, "Yeah, uh, Bugs Bunny." I'm like, "Where where have you seen them from?" He's like, "They're Disney cartoons." And my friends just turn and look at me, and we all make eye contact. I'm like. I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> I'm not going to get mad yeah. at all. He and knows. That's, that's so, fine. So, yeah, that was the cause with the... Uh, <laughs> then... Hulk Hogan, we've got a lot of pretty confident Ow. Bugs Bunny fans out there who are sure that Bugs will be the victor in your big upcoming match with him. Bugs! What? I don't even have a match with Bugs! Well, you mean you're not aware that Bugs Bunny, confident in his drawing power, has challenged you to a match? Bugs Bunny and Hulk Hogan in the same ring? Bugs, you don't know the first thing about wrestling. And then they cut to the clip of him wrestling the dude from uh, Buddy Hugged is the name. I'm not going to let you treat this hunter like that, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they were both awful people yet? I mean... Yes. Yes, I do. I'm really worried that, like... Every celebrity, you don't know any celebrity. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. To, to, like, there could be a revelation about any famous person you know. Yes, but, like, on the level make a of, Venn of diagram Cosby. about people who live more than 40 years <laughs> and might have something dark in their past. And sure. It, and there's, you can label that everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Maybe not as dark unless as you're like Unless you're like Fred Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I think Cosby one. has uh, everybody beat on that. Yeah, he does. Uh, Also, Chevy Chase hosts SNL. But can I just say, oh. Bugs Bunny to me is... Uh, might be the greatest character of all time. Period. Mm. Uh, he's great. I, yeah. he, he invented the form of the cartoon. Did you hear the opening with Dunkston? <laughs> like into our hearts. I got it. <laughs> but but just the idea that you can put him in any situation, he's guaranteed to make it better for the audience, and he'll look at you and remind you of that constantly. It mm. is comedy personified. I cannot say enough great things about Bugs Bunny. There there are a few things from that era. I think everybody could go back and watch and say this is brilliant. And oh. Bugs Bunny cartoons. Daffy's better. No. Yes, he's not right. even close. Really? No, he doesn't even have the body of work. He's either, he's <laughs> like, either a jerk to bugs. It's that he's incon- sure he's inconsistent. Fine. My favorite, my favorite Daffy is the greedy little miser. Mm-hmm. Daffy, which so is fun, that's Chuck. That's, like, that's like six cartoons, and Bugs Bunny has a volume and consistent uh, appearance. According to your own <laughs> metrics, last time Henry with the offices, that <laughs> means right. Bugs is better. Bugs is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Chevy Chase hosted SNL with musical guest Sheila E. <laughs> Um, Breaking away from her princely shackles. What was yeah. the? Was this when Chevy Chase said no? Th- when you're eighty six? No, eighty six wouldn't have been when Terry Sweeney was on, and he yes. said he should get AIDS. He mm. told a gay the SNL's first openly gay cast member that he should get AIDS as a joke. 
That it'd be funny. He'd get AIDS and they'd lay uh, him and, every week. Instead, to see how terribly much... offended him, and the entire cast didn't want to talk to Chevy Chase. And that was so. This might be his only appearance that didn't involve a fight. Because yeah. the second time, the first time he came back, he got in a fight with Bill Murray, the guy who replaced him. Wow. Chevy Chase, notorious dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sheila E. Shout out to the glamorous life. This song, oh. yeah. so good. Uh, many other great songs from Sheila E. But as far as my favorite, it just go. sounds like an '80s calliope to me. Like. <laughs> It sounds like it should be scoring a Disneyland circus or parade. All right, forget it. Uh, a man's touch. Uh, Punky Brewster, girls will be boys. Uh, it's a Battle of the Sexes episode where yeah. she wants to. She receives a remote controlled car as a gift. Wants to take it to the racetrack, but they do not allow girls to compete there. Really? Ooh. January twelfth, nineteen eighty six. Now, uh, my recollection of Punky Brewster. Because I only hear about these episodes. Was everyone a very special episode? They could get... No, that yeah. was Blossom. Blossom, yeah. every episode, was a very special episode. But Punky Brewster was just... I mean, it was it was like different strokes, except if to the, the there was only one kid on it. And she was a little white girl. And she, was, she was adopted, though, right? Her, yeah, I love, yeah. by a rich man. A uh, rich does the song narrate the point of the show? No. Well, she was adopted. But it shows... Oh, it does it? remember this. No, it doesn't. Seems you can't be sure. <laughs> but you yeah, but were... it, it shows her like abandoned at a mall, and like I, I, I've said this on other shows, but it was remarkable with the children's entertainment I grew up with. You can think back to Disney; it's usually always orphans. <laughs> and when we, we yeah. moved in, in the eighties, they didn't want to depict, I think, the death of parents. Sure. And Punky was Punky, and a couple of other things were just like, yeah, my parents just walked away and left me somewhere. Yeah. And we can't find them, and now you're adopted by a rich man who's going to love you the rest of your life. I don't think he was that rich. No, oh no, he wasn't. No, he I, was, was thinking of I mean, he was he wasn't poor. Well, I was a middle a class existence as a for kid. Punky. As a kid, I tried Punky. to I tried to combine in my mind Small Wonder and Punky Brewster. You can't do it. <laughs> that somehow they were the same. Like she died of loneliness, and it's, they rebuilt her as a robot. <laughs> well, Soleil Moon Fry easy to do because she the spin off show so. she got a magic gopher named Gomer. She she had but her own animated series. She yes. did. It, I do remember yeah. that. So the Punky Brewster was the first I think non animated show I could get into. And I remember, I wasn't watching it consistently, but there would be a very special episode, and they show mm-hmm. it in school the next week. Right. Yeah, probably yeah. about kid touching, I would bet. The, no, no, the, that's no, don't play in old refrigerators. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that one. <laughs> and and the, the drugs episode, I just remember vividly, because like, all right, drink this drink with mustard and raw eggs in it, and then now, and then like, now do this. And it's like a handful of every... Every fucking drug in the universe <laughs> given to her by an eight-year-old. Uh, yeah, I think the thing with uh, that, I do remember now that refrigerator episode, mm-hmm. but it was one of those very special episodes that, like, taught me, it was like paint huffing that I never knew about. <laughs> now I want to hang out in the fridge. Now I know. I guess I could go in a fridge. Yeah, what if, excuse me, what if the fridge is at the bottom of a lake? <laughs> Definitely don't do that one. God, you make it sound so appealing. I want it so bad. <laughs> So that's all we got for the '80s this week. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of TV. Oh, Family Ties, The Disciple. Yeah. Uh, did you have any? I liked more of the Golden Girls episode. On oh, there yes, Golden Girls, was... A Bed of Roses, where um, Betty White is she? Betty White sleeps with a dude, and he dies of a heart attack. And it was a second man she's slept with and died, and so she she's. Is. So now this oh, is her coming well, back from sleeping with someone. This is funny. Well, you had a terrible time. You had a wonderful time. Honey, tell us what happened. Arnie. I slept with him. And he died. (laughs) The laughter. (laughs) What? Oh, no, Rose. And the sheriff. 
I told him about me, how I kill men. <laughs> and he didn't believe me. He Jeez. said, let's see, sleep with me. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and the sheriff died. <laughs> She was kidding. That's, oh, that's some dark. That's some dark. Yeah. See, that's funny sitcom writers who think of a funny thing, but they're like, "No, okay, this is in a cartoon, though, guys. That can't actually have happened." But who, right. who are some notable Golden Girls white writers? I have. Uh, well, Mark Cherry of uh, Create oh, and Ma- Michael Hurwitz. Yeah, Mitch Mitch Hurwitz. Hurwitz. Mitch Arrested yeah. Development and, and Mark Cherry and Mark Cherry. Is that why Mark Cherry's in Arrested Development? He's on the show. They they work Golden Girls. <laughs> Now, Golden Girls, look, I'm not saying it's the greatest show of all time, but you watch it, you're like, this is still pretty it is, funny. It is a solid yeah, oh, show oh, with, is, with show is fantastic. great performers. Yeah, and you get like 60, 60 year old women like fucking. You don't get that on things. <laughs> like, and talking about it and about just joking. And, and I don't know. No. <laughs> That's for when they all are out of work in 20 more years. Mm-hmm. And then they just, just, it's the 30th. Oh my God, could they be a new Golden Girls show? The same cast. <laughs> reunited. Ooh, the same again. cast. Ooh. Yeah. Comes back. They, they all retire to Florida. And they yeah. go and they make oh Golden Girls. Girls again. Hold on, delete that. More pitching. Okay, uh, like, they, yeah, they had that this, is money in the bank. Yes. They had yeah. multiple episodes that were like very special on Golden Girls of like a gay marriage episode, an AIDS episode. So it's not only the third Hurricane th- Andrew episode. It's the third. Like Betty White has been old for thirty years. <laughs> I guess yes. so. Yeah, and and it's the thirtieth anniversary of jokes about fucking Betty White. <laughs> Does everybody think that's original? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so we'll head out and we'll be back for 1996, January 8th to the 14th. Thank you for being a friend. Hey, welcome to the break, everybody, to 302010. And I just want to let you all know that we really appreciate you listening to this show. And especially because it's a new show, we'd even more appreciate a bunch of reviews and subscribing to iTunes because that really helps us be seen and noticed any new review to a show uh, to a brand new show like this one makes all the difference in the world and also this show is brought to you by patreon.com slash laser time this was part of our laser time initiative to start a new podcast via donations and every little bit helps especially if you give five dollars a month you get so many extras like a weekly extra podcast called bonus time the first season of talking simpsons and on top of that if you were to give ten dollars a month you'd get even more bonuses including a weekly commentary on a classic comic book cartoon or pro wrestling match oh and by the way uh we didn't mention this earlier but this week is also the 50th anniversary of the legendary adam west batman show also known as batman 66 it premiered on abc january 12th 1966 now if you don't remember it I mean, come on. This defined Batman up until his grim and gritty film of 1989 by Tim Burton. This defined Batman. The campy, silly fun Batman. All that pow, biff, snuh, mint. All that classic stuff that Batman and Robin did when they were fighting guest star supervillains like Cesar Romero's Joker and Burgess Meredith's Penguin. Like, there's just so many classic two-parters. It, it kind of defined camp for an entire generation of kids. And it's funny, when I was a child, I took it as straight as just like, 
oh, what fun Batman adventures. And then I revisited it just a few years later. I'm like, this is one of the funniest shows ever made, intentionally so. And and it still persists to this day. There was a long time where it seemed like DC Comics and Warner Brothers were embarrassed of the, of the show, or because it was owned by 20th Century Fox, it kind of didn't get as much exposure either. But in the last few years, it's kind of had a resurgence. You can get it on Blu-ray, which is great because it was filmed in HD back then, all the way back then. Uh, it even had a bunch of toys come out for it and a slot machine that I could not stop playing when I visited Las Vegas last year. It was so amazing. So thank you 50 years ago to the premiere of Batman 66 for giving us Adam West, Burt Ward, all the amazing, wonderful things of the Batman 66 show. All right. Now back to the rest of our travel through time. Who's got the firepower to face crime every time? No question, it's Batman forever. The terrifying Two-Face strikes Gotham City, but Streetbiker Robin rips in, and the mighty flight of attacking Batman puts the fiendish face in his place. And in the sizzling Batmobile, Batman lights it up on a drive for justice, making Two-Face pay twice the price. Heads, justice wins. Tails, evil loses. No question, it's Batman forever. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. Batteries not included. It is now 1996, January 8th to the 14th, 96, this, 96. Look at all this denim. Yeah, <laughs> denim and irreverence, so much of it. Does anyone respect anything in this decade? I have no reverence. Uh, coming in with Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme. And this is, what is this, his debut? He his, debuts on Raw. Yeah, so Stone Cold Steve Austin, who by the end of the decade will be the biggest star in wrestling history. Yeah. At least from like money pulled in, he will be the biggest. Uh, this is his debut in WWF. He had he had left WCW and was just like never got above a certain level. Mm-hmm. Then transitioned over to WWF and he debuts not even under his real name, but as just the Ringmaster. And he is the new uh, inheritor of the million dollar belt from the Million Dollar Man. So and this... Any further ado, Who is it? I give you the Ringmaster. <laughs> So he comes out with Ted DiBiase's yeah. music. Oh, he, he was just—it was the thing. Here he comes. <laughs> and he looks, All right, and he yeah. looks so different. He still has a guy hair. with no neck. <laughs> the new million dollar champion. So yeah, this is—that's how Vince saw him. It's just yeah. He, this isn't Stone Cold. It is Steve Austin's debut, more yeah. or less. Yeah. So he, he, he play a hoity-toity. Uh, no, that's the thing. He talks about how it doesn't. Fit. Like he he does his best in his introduction, but he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm a rich guy and I like money. I'm d-. like, no, your character. <laughs> you're clearly does, a backwoods hick, and we yeah, can relate to you. Fucking, you're a Texas hick, uh, the, but it is an important moment because it is when he first appeared on Raw, the show yeah. he would come to rule. By two years later, he yeah. would rule that show. Uh, and also uh, another big debut on television. I might have scanned for a little. <gasps> I think we've underestimated the life on this planet. The people have 
So much courage. Here they are, hurling through space on a molten rock at 67,000 miles an hour, and the only thing that keeps them from flying out of their shoes is their misplaced faith in gravity. <laughs> Which I like to show more. Third Rock from the Sun uh, debuts uh, January 9th. I feel like it's like the show everybody forgot when it was a. It felt like a big ish. Like fucking John Lithgow won every Emmy for for that show, and he yeah. deserved them. He right, John killed Lithgow's the best. it. And I was very much attracted to that Amazonian woman. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> which like seven feet, Kristen something. Yeah, yeah. and what? A, well, uh, she ended up with Wayne Knight on that show. When, when, when that Seinfeld was, was canceled, he went to that show. Well, not canceled. When they stopped Seinfeld, Wayne's Knight like, I'm not rich. I need to be on the show. Yeah, and they, also, they made a good team though. It was very yeah. cute that you know she's this giant masculine woman, and he's just like, okay, honey. And then it also was JGL's first appearance, yep. like yep. little Joseph appearing Gordon. as full on little girl. <laughs> he was a beautiful oh, young lady. With Wayne Knight and Jane Curtin, <laughs> that oh, was something else. Well, that's another that? sad fact of the show is that in one of their season cliffhangers was, hey, this character got who knows they're aliens is kidnapping them, and the kidnapper is. Phil Hartman. And the episode ends with Phil Hartman having like French Stewart and driving away with him. Mm-hmm. Phil Hartman is dead by the time they can film the next wow. episode. Oh, and so geez. they have to do a massive rewrite. And Jane Curtin was his co-conspirator on it, which was amazing to see. Like they just get like Phil Hartman, Jane Curtin together, Woo. which and then she just became a regular on the show and ended up with some also French too are like blech. I I actually loved him playing an imitation of himself on community recently. Yes. Though his movie, Love Stinks, is one of like the meanest <laughs> hateful yeah. films I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's God. That was that's that was Women written and directed off very by the well guy who that. created Full House, I believe. What? Yeah, wow. Jeff Franklin. That's the kind of fucking anger that I that could be mistaken. I, but why would I pull that factoid out of my anus if it wasn't uh, true? But <laughs> and uh I almost feel like this is one of the last multi-camera sitcoms I watched. I think it was mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. end of the the must-see TV era because I think when yeah. but it, it was still on. Friends yeah. was still on. I think its biggest episode I remember was the one after the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which actually ended with or it began with the end of the Super Bowl where they're talking about like, well, I guess the Super Bowl's over, and and then John Lithgow in character like attacks the person and goes like no you have to run they're attacking the Super Bowl man. <laughs> and then goes to 48 hours earlier I don't know why I was not into the show because like, like anything with especially in the 90s like mm-hmm. with space and aliens and X-Files like I was already into sci-fi and stuff big time and it's like this isn't that kind of show mm-hmm. but usually just the the premise if you just put an umbrella over it yeah but they're all aliens and they're gonna remark on humans uh, I I don't yeah, know why I wouldn't have watched I was, it. it's uh, an exceptionally silly show yeah. you can't you know look back on and say this is a Hallmark show sure. that did blah blah it's important to but, watch no but it's extremely silly Hallmark yeah, show that fun. ripped off Mork and Mindy wholesale and added four of those exact same characters. but what if you had five Morks <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, the only thing better than more is more <laughs> I I got a little the tired. T is silent in Mort by the way well speaking of more I got a little tired of of him winning he won every emmy though i was like john yeah. lithgow's great i love john lithgow but mm-hmm. like every episode was like oh, i am john lithgow and i talk loudly he plays <laughs> to the cheap seats and it's so great to just let him loose just yeah. eat that scenery john I, just start at one corner and you work your way across i i, I had a, <laughs> a snobbish hatred for it 
uh, which I think is kind of unfounded. Cause just because it's so broad? Uh, I think it was just falling out of it. I was like, I, again, I'm becoming pop culturally aware, deciding what I want, what I like. Uh, and also reading a lot of critics who shat upon all sitcoms like this. And this is the most sitcom mm-hmm. sitcom that's ever existed. It, it's seems, very, it, it, yes. it seems two years late for a Simpsons parody of it. Uh, and, <laughs> and so when I first heard about it, I'm like, that sounds fucking stupid. I don't want to... Speaking of Simpsons, a fantastic episode this oh, really? week. Yes. Hello, Mr. Bush. <laughs> Two bad neighbors where George H.W. Bush moves across the yeah. street from... Two uh, bad the... neighbors. This is... And he's got the memoirs. What you doing? Don't upset the desk there. Careful. Don't want a horse around hey, with... Hey, cool. What does this do? Now, don't you pull that cord, young man. <laughs> and then he shreds his memoirs. Uh, yeah. that, that's the most Bugs Bunny Bart had been up to that I point. I mean, he's straight up Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Like, that's... That is the joke. That is the joke. That's the joke. And then also... Uh, this, which... is the one, this is the one... This is the jumping the shark episode of The Simpsons for me. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. This I, is pretty close to it for me too. Yeah. But this was like intentionally more, though. Like is this it is crazier I, I, than Homer going into outer space. No, no, but it's I, not I, that it's crazier. It was, there's this, a there's a there's a whole other year of great shows after. Totally, this. and I but I remember like this was it's, when the cracks were showing for me. This in the Grimes mm. episode is like well, Grimes definitely. Yeah, that's to me like to me that's the end of the self-referential. That's like, the end of the show mm. for me. It's like this is a great way. That, that would have been a great final. Up. We'll it's talk like about breaking that later. the show. Well, we can talk about that. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole podcast called Talking Simpsons. We'll be there in a couple of years where uh, we go <laughs> by episode by episode. Uh, two bad neighbors. Uh, also, news radio bitch sessions, January fourteenth, based on a real life story. So, uh, news radio. It's a great it's show. It's funny we were dumping on Third Rock in the Sun when in the same generation was news radio, which mm-hmm. was also a multi camera sitcom with a great cast. But its thing was it was it was meaner and mm-hmm. yeah. and more sarcastic and. But it was way better. Like, and the people, like, you had you had Phil fucking Harmon. I was a comedy yeah. nerd, and so you have cast members from Ben Stiller's show, Kids in the Hall, and SNL, all yeah. in one show. And the and I fell out yeah. of love with it, but I watched the first episode on a black and white television. I clearly remember it. I love Dave Foley. And they also, like, discovered Joe Rogan, and Stephen Root was barely in Stephen anything Stephen Root, before. yeah. He's, Andy he's, Dick. It's Jimmy James. Jimmy is Stephen Root. But so, the Bitch Session episode is one of my favorites because... The commentary tracks for the DVDs of News Radio make it worth it, even if you never watch the show. Because Paul Sims, the creator of the show, is like, "I'll never be hired in Hollywood again." And now I'm just going to tell every story I shouldn't tell. Really? And so he tells stories of like, "Oh yeah, Andy, you almost got in a fight with Joe Rogan that day. He said you were too high, and he almost punched you." And Maura Tierney Joe, called Joe Rogan a, a misogynist that day and all these things I was like well, but then he'll have he'd have on Joe Rogan and Andy Dick mm-hmm. on the same commentary to talk about that wow. shit and Dave Foley like is talking about how much he hates he hated his wife at the time and it's just yeah. it's a they go to dark play and the writers too the, the writers are just like oh yeah we stayed up all night playing Doom and then we'd write the script <laughs> well, so and it looks so, like the whole episode miraculously is on YouTube. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Voice Motron 10,000. It's 18 minutes, of course. With, I'm assuming you crafted this with your own hands. So I don't know where the actual... Well, it's in about the, the middle. But so the, the funny story on the commentary was yeah, yeah, that yeah. The, the writers wrote this because they had this real-life thing happen where they decide to meet together and have a bitch session about their boss and be like, God, Paul Sims fucking sucks. He's an idiot. He's ruining the show. He's crazy. What they don't realize is that Paul Sims is sleeping under his desk the entire time and wakes up to hear them say it. And so so he, in real life, he's like, 
he actually just stands up and says, we have to talk about this. And they're like, but it's a bitch session. Everybody bitches about their boss. That's what happens. And so in the show, the exact thing happens. Uh-huh. And and it's just, they, I don't know. It's, why, it's why such a funny story. He, he will never work in Hollywood again. Did he? Well, because he doesn't produce shows anymore. Like mm. he's just, he created this show. Oh, he never he, has to work again? He tried, to, he tried to make pilots for new shows. They never went. Mm. And now he just like moved to New York and is like, fuck it. I'm not making, like he does interviews where he says, he also got in trouble, but he he did an interview with Rolling Stone where he was on the verge of cancellation again. Well, the news radio was said, always kind yeah, of always a bubble show. Bubble. And so yeah. in this one interview, he just says, like, yeah, these idiots. He just badmouths all the executives. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing was, they said, it ended up being one of those rare cases of a real life. I like your moxie, kid, where <laughs> they were going to cancel and they're like, you know what, let's give him another chance. I need a like, person like you to kick my ass once in a while. And again, another Purdue. and another show uh, another also Mr. hurt Rogers. by the death of Phil Hartman. Yeah, well, I, it was always on the bubble, but having that, that a cast member like that die. Yeah. And, and that, that episode in general, like it's the news radio episode, I go back and watch all the time. Because oh, it, it is the cast... Are, as themselves saying goodbye to Phil Hartman, uh, it's or really to beautiful Bill. to Bill. Yeah. But but it's them saying goodbye to Phil yeah, Hartman. And it's like, so heartfelt. The, the the letter Bill writes to them that they read mm-hmm. is Phil Hartman saying because his character was a dick and yeah. and he gets to redeem himself through this letter. But it's clearly what Phil Hart we wanted Phil Hartman to say on his way out. I also like the show when I think the first episode I saw mm-hmm. was they would just do weird like this is news radio on the titanic mm-hmm. this is news yeah. radio <laughs> and it's like they're all under like the their offices are all underwater mm-hmm. and like, i don't know that was they had a space show too yeah a spaceship and it's just like this is super bizarre and yeah. it was one of those shows that no one was talking about yeah. i no friends yeah. were watching it really so we all kind of a couple friends and i got into it that way get, the Good dvds night. are worth it you can probably get yeah. it for like a nickel at this I point just, I, hate, I hate that the dvds are that template style the exact same as night court <laughs> yes this isn't night tell court. me about it <laughs> just, just go to costco you'll see it makes news radio good. look very disposable yes. when it is not uh, and then a ridiculous TV movie starring David Hasselhoff and Kathy Ireland called Gridlock. What? Yeah, Which... just watching the trailers of it, I was like, boy, this this seems like a riff tracks or something. They totally but it's probably are... like the end of like TV movies being a big deal because I don't even do the network still Kathy make the Ireland. Yeah, David they make mi- uh, all new miniseries. The last events. TV movie I really remember like watching mm-hmm. would be May '96. Actually, I don't know how I remember this uh, when Twister came out. <laughs> There's a Bruce Campbell tornado. I watched that. Yeah, a Bruce Campbell tornado what? movie. The same week Twister came out. Yep. Was this the same year uh, he remade the Love Bug too? Probably. I mean, it was later. around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Peyton Reed, director of Ant Man, directing Bruce Campbell in a Love Bug remake. Wow. I Gridlock uh, has no real good audio clips. Just look up the trailer, guys. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's, it's pretty. A mess. It's the Sharknado of its day. Uh, but also, Twelve Monkeys, as far as movies go, uh, still number one in the theater because by '96 wow. they just don't release. Movies that often. Yeah. Well, they in Jan- Jan- January. Well, there, but there were some good releases that week. If you want to run oh, through oh, the list, oh, I'm gonna. Okay. So we have Biodome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Don't be a menace. Et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I will While actually drinking... go to bat for that one. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I remember liking. I watched that before that's Biodome. Message. Yeah. That's that's the last Wayans thing mm-hmm. I will have anything Buddy. to do with. Uh, Lawnmower Man Two. Ooh. And then, uh, wow. as I mentioned in the opening, uh, our dear friend. Any luck? Let me, uh, the Undertaker? Take my breath away. Na- nations have grown, things have changed, but we can still count on one man. James Bond? 
An orangutan with a gun is shooting one ape. Oh! Dunstan checks in. This is Dunstan checks in. The world's most debonair hero. Can be found where the action is. His name is Dunstan. He's conducting covert operations. This is a great almost fun thing, though. Romancing irresistible. Massaging the lady with his... Just how I like it. I remember why I saw this movie, specifically. Chase Alexander? No, Renee Russo. The, another one of the stars because it was the first thing he'd been in mm-hmm. in a long time. This is Paul Rubin's return oh. to being in things after like being shamed and kind of barred. Right. I don't know, yeah. blacklisted I'm, from Hollywood. I'm, I'm looking at the cast list mm-hmm. and it, it, <laughs> it's I not mean, Renee Russo. That's the other monkey movie, right? We got Jason oh, Alexander, Rupert Everett, Paul Rubin's Glenn Shaddix. Those are all yes. really funny people. And Faye Dunaway. And Faye Dunaway. The bottom of wow, her two, career. Two dead people. She'd gone pretty crazy by that point, oh, yeah. right? Oh, she was, a to- she was beyond pariah in, in Hollywood. This movie's really good, by the way. What? I wonder if it holds up. I've yeah. still never seen it. No, I think it's. I think it's. I thought it was pretty good at the time, and I was definitely in a more discerning mode because I was in super discerning oh. mode, and also again being ninety six. This was freshman year high school, so I'm just like, that's a dumb movie with a monkey in it. I, I, like the world doesn't deserve a monkey movie every five years. I agree. Like, I'm not better I, than a monkey movie. As I have doubled in age since then, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I recognize we do need a good, funny. Yeah, that's why I'm writing the script for Any Which Way Japan. Well, there's um, that. Well, there's that critic joke. The critic joke that ruined all future monkey movies for uh, me. Yeah. Somebody's kissing me. I'm gonna make love to you, keeping my eyes closed the entire time. <laughs> like the, it, it just puts in stark relief. That's the, the, how over the top it is so the weird the weird thing about those movies you listed off and I don't remember when it was but I was in Miami on the boardwalk at my cousin's wedding 16 years old parents not that concerned about me no cell phones I get bored with the wedding wander off to a movie theater and watch five movies in one sitting yeah. uh, that include yeah. Biodome uh, Don't Be a Menace uh, to South Central All Drinking Your Juice in the Hood full title yes. I then watch Lawnmower Man 2 uh, Sudden Impact and right? grumpier old men wow. in one sit in one, one sitting. One of those movies is worth watching. <laughs> sudden impact. Right? Sudden it impact. would be sudden impact. I think that's yeah. 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 One that's pretty point. great. Yeah. Uh, anything no, anything with Powers Booth as a as a bad guy uh, my, gets a pass. My first, re- my second real deal girlfriend, uh, Biodome was her favorite movie. So I watched it. Of the Pauly Shore movies, it is the best. In a cameo appearance from Tenacious D. I'd rather watch That's Son in Law. Do you which, know which Baldwin is this? Stephen. Right. So it's happy coming. Circle. Happy Circle. Right, happy Sticky Purple stuff, bro. Right. It's, it's the one coming off of Usual Suspects. He was about Oof. to break. And he does Biodome. Yeah. I, and everyone backs away slowly. I miss, I miss the time where Biodomes were the future. Like, this is what's going to save humanity, man. A Biodome. We'll make a geodesic yeah. dome that'll hold all, yes. all microclimates. Yeah. Summary, do, do people know the backstory of that being a real thing? No. Yeah, there, was, there, was, there was a real it thing. It was, it was an experiment where they tried to build, out in the middle of the desert, you know, a... a yes. A, a contained thing and people were going to live in there for years to prove that we could live like on Mars or something. Yeah. And it was, it, they hyped it all up. Again, remember I was in college I at this point. remember this, yeah. You know, they hyped it all up. They made a big deal of it. It, it died in like months and everyone went, well, that was stupid. Really? So what's weird that was is... It. But we, they got uh, a movie out of it. Uh, in uh, Home Garden Network or mm-hmm. HG, whatever that net, HGTV, net, yeah, uh, they had a show called Extreme Homes, mm-hmm. and there it was on Netflix. 
Uh, and it's just it's just HD footage of beautiful homes. Why wouldn't you watch this? I mean, if I'm not on a plane or watching with my mother, I can't imagine it. Well, when you when you in a when you're frame of mind where you don't want to follow a lot of stories, true, true. it's a great thing to watch. I want pretty a living pictures. screensaver. Yeah, and it's just places you'll never go, and they're crazy houses. Yeah. But in that show, at this point, I think the biodome technology got to the point where there were several people like, yeah, I live in the middle of the Arkansas, not yeah. Arkansas, Arizona desert, and I live in a self-contained dome that gets its own water and recycles every. Thing. Climate change, one hundred percent zero waste, or yeah, and it, and it's like the, I think when they tried to do it on this large scale, mm. where it's mm. like a civilization, it's like politics alone will tear this thing apart. Yeah. When dumb it's one family, like you can get dumb, it. Dumb and and how is this not been a reality show? Yeah, yeah. I know ninety six is before the reality show boom, yeah. but. But but obviously, it's know, basically Big Brother, but with farming. But if you know, party dudes can ruin it all. Do you know the Metacritic score for Biodome? No. 3%. Oh, wait. This is Metacritic? Yeah. Okay. 420%. Uh, 17. Let's, uh, two more guesses. Uh, I'll go 20. 20? Without going over? No, just guess. What do you think it is? 1%. You're correct. Like milk. Woo, it wait, is on Metacritic. Metacritic <laughs> one based on a ten one. critics. One really? Because wow. uh, wow. I looked this up years ago to find out what is the lowest movie mm-hmm. on Metacritic, and near as I can tell, unless there's a zero, Biodome has a one. There are so many worse movies Dude, I, than mm, Biodome. As someone who's seen most Pauly Shore movies, sadly, this is the best one. It's wow. not. I like Son-in-Law more. I like Son-in-Law. Terrible. You, you, you've never. No, they're all them. terrible. They're all yes, terrible. but the point. Son-in-Law. No duty. I, I think Son-in-Law has a better authority figure that he bounces off of. I don't know why I'm arguing this. It's, it's, I'm trying to find someone of note with the name that reviewed it, but all I can find is uh, Entertainment Weekly. Even with low expectations, any reasonable viewer brings to a shore flick. This rates only a stupid plus. <laughs> <laughs> so the that other was the point. The other yeah, well, exactly. stuffy fucking credits. If you really want a reason to hate Polly Shore, it's because he's a charmed kid who grew up in a yeah. comedy store who's, whose mom owned the most important comedy, uh, the, the comedy store, the most important stand-up place in L.A. in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And, oh, hey, I guess he's a successful comic now. Yeah, of course he fucking is. Like, he had all these friends. And- I'll say he's the character is of its time. I remember being slightly entertained by the, the, the but, weasel. Yeah, it wasn't terrible compared no. to everything else. And I remember just an interview I heard recently with Pauly Shore. He's just like, I know I'm in the minority of this, but I still think that character's funny. I would love to do it. <laughs> I, I still he, think it's great. More of an Encino man. He person, works. Though. He works in a supporting role or at three minute chunks on MTV. That's yeah. where the yeah. weasel yeah, he's, works. He's the perfect perfect as the second string best friend. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Encino Man's a good example. It's like well, well, sure technically most- that's an a Polly Shore movie. I think he's top billed, but yeah. he's really like the second. One guy. of my favorite that's Howard true. Stern moments I ever saw was. Artie Lang, uh, they're talking to a, a pretty lady, mm-hmm. like some model, and and he's asking, like, oh, what famous people have you slept with? And she says Polly Shore among them. And Artie Lang just, like, gets furious and leaves, like, <laughs> he couldn't, he was so angry that Polly Shore got to have sex with this beautiful woman. When he, <laughs> and he says, like, he's a terrible fucking hack who had this mom who's the comedy store lady. That's it. Like, I, don't know, I just, I'm, as someone, I wish there were more. I grew up loving Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked about him. Brett grew up loving Ernest. Yeah, I oh, like yeah. the idea of this same character oh, again. Back to Bugs Bunny, like in, <laughs> being in all these situations. I didn't like Pauly Shore movies, but I like characters like that. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, I don't sure. think we. He do was that. the Charlie Chaplin of our time. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, retrospectively, like, Will, Will, Will Ferrell's Sorry, Diane, come back. 
uh, retrospectively, Will character's character don't have a, doesn't have a lot of range, so maybe no. he's like a guy like that. I don't know. He is kind of. Just... Wait, who? Will Ferrell? Like, oh. like his characters uh, don't change that much. Yeah, they just I just age. saw Daddy's Home, and that's <laughs> the same character. Yeah. Taking us out of the '90s really quick, because uh, that's pretty much. I think uh, that was all the movies that I had. Yeah, One More Man Two. I don't remember anything about, but uh, it's. Insane. I'm sure it is. Job's War is the subtitle. Oh yes, okay. Job's War. It is played by not only in, the, in, in like who's the guy who played him in the movie? That pretty boy actor Peter. So I, was in the I OC only remember or, Pierce Brosnan. The dad the oh, OC. Peter Bogdanovich. No, no, no. I just remember uh, Jeff Fahey. Peter was Scott. the first one in. in was he? Lawnmower. Well, Matt Frewer, the yeah, guy who who embodied Max Headroom, mm-hmm. Patrick came, Bergen, Matt Frewer, Austin O'Brien, Kevin Conway. And, whereas the other movie is about a. a, a a guy, a gentle giant who becomes good at virtual reality, yes. and most of it takes place in the real world. This is solely in virtual reality. Wow. It is kind oh, of the no. first, predating I, the Star Wars prequels, the first human beings in a full CG environment. Yeah. It looks hilarious. I saw What's the, weird is it was called Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. Oh, really? And then when it came out on video, they War. changed it to what I remember, too, which was Job's War. Wow, that's. I only saw the first Lawnmower Man, and when I saw that, I had already, in high school, had read the... I had read the short story Flowers for Algernon, so I'm like, this isn't even original to me. This is Flowers for Algernon, but with, with VR. Mm-hmm. I, I, as the most forgettable movie in this list, Lawnmower Man 2 is the one I want to rewatch the most oh, right I, now. I would love to. Uh. Yes. Taking us out of the 90s, uh, the last episode I actually missed, uh, Mega Man X3 on the Whoa. Super NES in 1996, mm-hmm. January 4th, uh, did come out. So we'll go out with a song from uh, Mega Man X3. Composer is Kinuyo Yamashita. Great soundtrack from all the Mega Man X games, but uh, this was pretty late. A 1996 Super NES game uh, right up there with later late releases like Tetris Attack and uh, Kirby Superstar. But we'll be back with 2006 in just a moment. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. 50 years ago this week, we got Dracula, the Prince of Darkness. Uh, 75 years ago in 1941, nothing came out. But Dracula, the Prince of Darkness is the second Christopher Lee Dracula movie. Unfortunately, he does not speak in it, which is stupid because that's the best thing about him. Anyway, should you watch it? Uh, Only if you're a completist. There's better Chris Lee Dracula movies. And that's about it. See you next week. This summer, Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. the epic trilogy Shazam! will come full circle. Austin Powers is back. No! July 26th. Yeah, baby, yeah! Love it, 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 love it,
Uh, this is Laffy Taffy. What? Uh, not to be confused. Number one on the classical music chart. D4L. Oh. Uh, number one song of 2006 this week, January 8th to the 14th. We listen to very different music. I remember this song. I don't. It shows up a lot in Instagram videos now. I feel like I heard it when I worked at the movie theater. Is this like a synonym for butt gel? What is Laffy Taffy? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's butt gel. I need to go to the wiki page. So candy? <laughs> well, now we all know what real Laffy Taffy is, but what is it a euphemism for? Uh, I'm looking for Mrs. Bubblegum. I'm Mr. Chico Stick. I want to, because you so thick. Girls call me Jolly Rancher, because I stay so hard. Hell. You can suck me for a long time. Oh my god. This is like Wonka the song. <laughs> so I have to guess Laffy Taffy is, is that a vagina thing? God damn it, Henry. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Don't say it with such distaste. They're really fun, Henry. I bet it's their butt. <laughs> shake that oh, laffy shake that, taffy. Oh, yeah. Shake that vagina. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right, fine. Really air it out. <laughs> stick to the. Stick to the. There's a waterfall song for you. Like I don't know these. I don't know these things. Uh, number one, Billboard, uh, January 14, 2006. Laffy taffy. That's impossible. Uh, Hostel was number one at the box office. Weird. Wow. Uh, Didn't premiere at number one by word of mouth. I oh. yeah, I saw it yeah. opening week. Uh, yeah, I, I feel this, like that's a movie you have to give credit for kind of creating a genre. Totally for a while. torture porn. Yeah, and then it got porn. then it got torpedoed super fast. Yeah. It seemed yep. it doesn't. Uh, yeah. well, it was also for me as like a an eighties horror fan, a big eighties horror fan. But mm-hmm. I watched a lot of nineties horror too. Horror, then, horror, horror. Uh, but this was sort of like. I don't think I can follow this. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't go down this. I You're can't too walk. old. No, it's just like. But it just seems. It seems. It seems so formulaic, but not as fun mm-hmm. uh, as because other... like, like Saw. At least I made it through several of them. Yeah. Just because it's just ridiculous. There's puzzles and a secret, and they're not on like Freddy kills, and they get sure. more creative. And that does technically happen in Hostel. Yeah. But it's just like, mm. what would be the most sadistic thing I could do to this person who doesn't deserve it? I've seen yeah. Hostel one and two, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the thing I will give Eli Roth, and I am not an Eli Roth fan, I'll tell you that right now, I think he's an asshole, but I do think he's, no, everybody, even then, even 10 years ago, nobody was making new horror films, at least mm-hmm. on a theatrical level. Yeah. It, they, it was mostly remakes, and so he, he got to make a new thing that also, like great horror films, had kind of a political agenda to it, too, which was yeah. about... Everybody fucking hates Americans, and Amer- and they will pay the most money to kill an American outside yeah, of America. I guess, although I said that it created a genre, it's really kind of adapting a genre yeah. of the '70s exploitation endurance horror films. Yeah, yes, yeah. But, does, but doesn't flinch ever. Yeah, I mean, it's it is not a cannibal holocaust mm-hmm. type Oof. thing, but it kind of is in that it's so gruesome that you, it's almost you'd have to dare your friends to try to watch it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine one of, watching it with reverence with friends like I do Nightmare on Elm Street. It yeah. be that movie. Can't it had, there, I, there are honestly two scenes that still stick with me that must mean it did something well. Like One is when he's interviewing the worst person in the world who he, he's talking to one of the other guys who's in the hostel. is like, man, I fucked all these girls. I couldn't tell you what her color tits were. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's a memorable line. And then second... The the one guy you think he's going to be saved mm-hmm. by the the fact he speaks German mm-hmm. because he's being tortured by a guy who can't understand him and then he starts speaking German and the guy understands him and he's like hey I thought I hired an American who obviously wouldn't know a foreign language I can't torture somebody speaking German to me 
So you think, okay, he's saved. And then the guy just puts a ball gag in his mouth so he'll stop speaking. Mm. And it was just a great harsh kind of turn. I for don't remember moment. any of that. But uh... it's, it's, I also remember him. So the, the way the audience cheered when he ran over the women who sold him into the hostel, I was like, oh boy, I feel uncomfortable with this. Your memory is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I admit I've never seen him because I'm a giant sissy, even though I'm kind of a horror fan. Yeah. I took classes in film school on just horror, mm-hmm. trying to desensitize myself, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't freaking work, man. I'm uh-huh. still just too big of a sissy. So I can like read an analysis or a summary <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'll go like, wow, that does sound interesting. God, Too you... bad I'm not watching it. Right after this, we're going to go watch the last Human Centipede movie. I can't wait, man. It's <laughs> like, I, can deal, like, oh. I can deal with gore and like violence and, and weird stuff like that. But mm-hmm. man, for, it's it's psychological stuff that will stick with me for weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, I refuse. I will not watch another horror movie like My that. My favorite Eli Roth one was Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever was really yeah. fun. I has, I that also has a great joke where, at the end where... You may have early, to talk about this at some point in the future Cabin Fever is like a 2004 film so we're ways off uh, yeah, you're right. I just want to say the joke that involves the n-word that actually is really funny where they go to this they go to like this backwater like uh, store and they see a shotgun on the wall mm-hmm. and they ask the old man who runs a place like what's that for he's like that's for n-words and he doesn't say n-words though and you think like oh this racist dude and then End of the film. The, 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 the film ends this way. It was a it, joke. It, the, at the general store, a bunch of black young people arrive at the general store, and the old man goes like, oh, and he, gra- he grabs the gun off the wall, and then he turns around like, here's your gun, guys. You were waiting for it. It's like, and then the, the young black people are like, yeah, that's right. You're my N-word. And then they just start throwing back and forth. It was, it was a funny, silly yeah. ending. It's, it's, a very, uh, it's a very weird way to close that movie, but that's, yes. I guess it's not... Also, uh, it came out uh, this week. Uh, Glory Road? Huh? Nope. Hoodwinked? Is that a basketball oh, movie? I, I heard that's that. Hoodwinked, that's the animated movie. Yeah. With, Look, I guess like the animated garbage. movie with Andy Dick, and I feel like I'm talking about every movie that's not DreamWorks. And Patrick Disney. Warburton. <laughs> which, again, every uh, animated yes, movie. January 13th, Hoodwinked, uh, as well as Last Holiday and Isolde. Is oh, last... yeah, Trist- Tristan and Isolde. I remember that as part mm. of the, the run of, like, hey. How about we take things that are public domain and make them relevant to today's oh, youth? Yes, Tris- I don't know why I said just Put James Franco in it and everybody yeah, loves exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Is Last do... Holiday the Queen Latifah movie? Oh! Yeah. Where she thinks she's going to die, I believe. Yeah. Which feels like it's a remake of a... I think it is. Yeah. It has yeah. a very old time name. I, I want to say it's like a French movie. Yeah. Can you believe Queen Latifah is not out of the closet yet? It's like, <laughs> we know you're a lesbian, Queen Latifah. It's uh, Just, loosely adapted from a 1950 UK film by the same name mm. by J.B. Priestley. Mm. The writers mm. wanted John Candy for the starring role, but mm. he died <laughs> a years long time. Yeah, two years, years ago. Years. And so 12 years later, they made this film. <laughs> Who is as fat as John Candy? Years before. <laughs> nobody. Not, nobody acting. <laughs> How did they wait for 10, I'd, 20 years? And I do yes. have to say, I'd said that on our best of 2015. I just watched Spy and it's hilarious. That's what everyone, and I've heard yeah. from it's, so many people. It's fantastic. I feel like I need to see and it And if now. you yeah. want to see the reincarnation of John Candy, <laughs> yeah. Melissa McCarthy, that is nice. who she's playing um, in that film. Is every, she? Yeah. It seems more like like the trailers make it seem way more like don't phys- believe those trailers. Comedy. They're garbage yeah, don't trailers. Tra- like, okay, watch, I, I did okay. not know what to expect in the okay. movie. I laughed more than like any other any other uh, uh, major release uh, movie. Director of the Queen of the Tiffin movie, Wayne Wang. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. I want to From say... Different World? Wayne, no. Wayne Wang. <laughs> no, did he do... Uh, he did the Joy Luck Club. Right. Uh, did, he, mm-hmm. did he do Smoke? 
No. Uh, I've seen not. Smoke. He did. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Or Last Holiday, Made in Manhattan. Oh, that's the one. Blue in the face. Yes. So blue in the oh, face. Oh, he did do smoke. smoke. Blue yeah. in the face yeah. and smoke. Yeah. yeah, I have seen. I saw those with my dad as a little kid. I love those movies. Yeah, those are good. Awesome. But they're not from '96 or 2006. So forget it. What about Vidya Games? Uh, well, Vidya Games in 2006. Uh, again, it's it's early. It's it's January, and the whole like. Mm. I don't know. The, Cap- Capcom would repeatedly put out a big game in January, sure. like the early part of the year. But the uh, the cycle of like the, all the November games slipping into the next yeah, year. Yeah, it hadn't really started yet. So Mega Man X Collection in 2006 is like the wow. one game I really remember because by this point I was that working. Was six? Yeah, the Mega wow. Man X Collection. So it's one through X one through eight, I guess, mm-hmm. or it might have been just one through six. It's one through eight. Yeah, it's it's Mega Man X one through six and Battle and Chase, which was kind of the way that game finally made its way to the U.S. Was the PS one racing game Battle and Chase? All right. This game reminds me because around the same time, this was before Games Radar had launched, so it was mm-hmm. still a site that didn't exist. It's a site so, that we used to work at. Yeah, so we were trying to fill it with mm-hmm. stuff before it launched in March of '06, which mm-hmm. we're going to eventually probably talk about. But uh, this, I remember reviewing Mega Man X Collection. And just writing a review that went nowhere, and it just sat for three months until we posted it. But also, a, a GameCube game called Chaos Field uh-huh. was a shooter, like a shoot 'em up. Uh, but it came out December twentieth, and I was like, uh, of of oh five, and I was like, well, I reviewed them like the same week, so I'm wondering if that happened to be an oh six game, and mm-hmm. it turns out it was not. So yeah, January oh six still pretty quiet for games as far as notable releases go, yeah. and um, not like that. This is like right before the dawn of the digitally released game. Yeah. Not the, just for consoles, but Steam in general. Yeah, well, like Steam and XBLA was a thing, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, a proven ground. It was like, very sporadic. Like yeah. The, not a lot of games coming out on that. Uh, but TV, uh, we had some stuff down here. A more wrestling thing, Edge and Lee to have a sexy celebration on Raw. I so, know that moment. Yeah, I don't want this to be... It's not going to be wrestling every week, people, I promise. But this, <laughs> of the post-Attitude era, this was one of the highest yeah. rated segments in... Raw history and just them on a bed with a blanket over them, yeah. like doing it in the, the crowd, pretending the quick, to fuck and throw their clothes in the. So uh, the, the yeah, the quick version of it is think of all the body grease rubbing up <laughs> so, against each other. So Edge was a big time uh, tag team super. We, we've been waiting all night. Now we don't have to wait anymore. Coach, hand me those Kleenex. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. It's so, like whoa. And only to give non wrestling fans perspective on this is I've been going through. They've been PG this whole. I've time, been going so. through all these old wrestling documentaries to get on your you guys wavelength because i just missed this entirely in order to compete with other people wwe went like they call it r-rated it's not quite there but it is definitely outlandish compared to everything they did before and after yeah and this is this might be the furthest day they ever went because the kind of it was billed as just we're going to fuck in front of people yeah Yeah. in the bed in the ring and And i I think people thought like there's going to be a gimmick here and they're gonna but they don't pull away yeah or out live right here on raw and everyone's like, uh, good? So, you know what? And then they start playing music. Just, just like. a bed in the ring. And they're slowly undressing each other down to their underpants, and then they take the underpants off underneath the covers, though. It's weird. Lita's like wearing like double underpants, so they could they could take off her, her panties, but then there was a thong underneath it. So you know what this is exactly Jesus. like? It's the end of Bananas, the Woody Allen film, mm-hmm. where the wedding consummation is broadcast live on TV by Her- and narrated by Howard Cosell. Do <laughs> you remember that? Like, I just... Oh, no, they're getting in now, and oh, no, it looks like a cut has developed over his eye. No, he's still going, and that's... And that's 
You say it's been consummated. It's been consummated. Yeah. He was. This is how he became the rated R superstar by uh, doing this. And that he had been a he had been a good to great tag team wrestler, but he never really arrived as a singles guy. Then he steals in real life, starts dating Lita, who was in real life dating another dude, and everybody was like, "Hey, you're an adulterer. You stole this girl from a guy we like more than you." And well, so they his property. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so then they both all real. They both were just like, you know, we're getting hated so much. Fuck it. Like we're an on screen couple and you're going to watch us make out all the time because you boo us so much. uh, Reg is a wrestler I did I don't even know anything about. He was (laughs) injured in a really weird way and had to like walk away overnight. Yep. Uh, and as as a in oh six I was so checked out of wrestling one thousand percent I thought Edge and Christian were the same guy. (laughs) So his documentary as a result I thought was fascinating because I don't know anything about that period and him specifically he is a yeah. non-entity to me we do have a, an entire wrestling show called so. called cheap podcast so mm-hmm. if you're if you're curious for like you know breakdowns of pay-per-views and just talking about old segments we do have cheap podcast yes. but other tv moments mm-hmm. uh critics choice awards january 8th brookbed mountain beats crash yes it should yes. have happened yes, it should be which uh, i guess the golden globes and the oscars are still to come uh, yep. in, this, critics, in our show, yeah. critic begin. Them. Yeah, I believe the critics' choice awards are like where the award seasons begin. Sure. Yeah, um, the L word, Libya Majora, <laughs> January eighth season premiere. Yeah, I, I season just, season three premiere. Yeah, I I liked the L word. I thought my girlfriend at the time was all about it. Is that wasn't that giving you a signal of some sort? No, she. That's not the one who went that way. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. I thought it was. I, no, no, no. Yeah, the season three opening was pretty funny one. It though it was also the beginning of where they ruined my my favorite couple that I shipped. Aww. They ruined that couple, and I stopped watching after season four because it killed my favorite. I'm a character. I'm a queerest folk man. I'm, I, I couldn't. That, yeah. That's kind of a better show than that word. But now one of the producers of All Word like created uh, Transparent, so still oh, okay. still pretty good active. Yep. Oh, and then Eileen Chaikin, the co-creator of L Word, she's the creator of Empire, which is like the most hey. popular show on TV right now. And you also mentioned here Lost Revelation, January 11th. Oh, oh yeah. Lost, a, a January Sorry. 11th clip show after the second season break to explain the show to news. So that's I think that's funny because it just puts it in a certain point in time of like they couldn't count on people either wikiing it yeah. or watching it on Netflix to catch up. They're like the second season's about to begin, but we or start up again. But what if you want to start watching Lost? We need an hour-long special to explain yeah, to you what so they Lost have to, is. They have to start digging into what is the hatch. Because yeah. season two opens with them finally going yeah. in the hatch. Uh, the tail, the people who are in the tail wing. Right, tail the, section. I, tail yeah. section. I am uh, officially nostalgic for the catch-up. As someone who binge-watches everything, <laughs> and if like I walk away for a couple weeks like, wait, what happened? Netflix isn't going to tell you. They're not going <laughs> to tell you what happened previously on Lost. Like, Thank yeah. you. Let me know mm-hmm. what's about to happen in this episode. I have uh, Mad Men. I fell off. I can never catch up. How do you distinguish <laughs> one episode from another just by the, the Netflix description? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll have to get Dave on when we start getting into when we have a, a big Lost discussion because he's right. he's still the like Lost is great guy. Season one, this... fantastic. Yeah. One, two, and three actually all right. I, once you know, we get to the, the season two finale, maybe. No, that's once we get to really the season two opening, I I actually thought that was such a great switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this, we're just you a know, dude down there. It's, just, Mama it's song. just a dude playing Mama Cass song, and Michael was like, if. This is what's happening. The hatch. That's the mm-hmm. best fucking joke I've ever seen. So I surprise. I, I set the timer because mm-hmm. I was working at ABC and I was working two a.m. to ten a.m. morning show producer, and I had to set my VCR timer, which in two thousand six mm-hmm. seems almost mm-hmm. antiquated at that point. But mm-hmm. yeah. tape lost. You, 
Well, yeah, to set a VCR wow. to tape it. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, what other means do I have? I don't have a DVR. Like, you just ask yeah. your boss for a tape. Didn't you get it? You worked uh, for ABC. Well, Same. it's a, it's not like the, no, it's not the ABC building and <laughs> yeah. wherever the frick. Like, I, did, I did have one dumb question, having just watched Making a Murderer, that I I saw all those old news trucks from like it's from '06. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the giant antennas that go up in the air. From the from the van, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do those do? Those are for live signals. They're just to transmit live yeah, signals yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth. Yeah, and then I just I don't know, just to see a sea of them. I'm like, aren't you blocking one another for whatever this does? That's nah, fine. Not, just um, curious. I want to know for sure. But I had to set my timer for that first episode of Lost season two, mm-hmm. and I get mm-hmm. home and I turn, I hit play, and it opens with just a guy making breakfast, exercising. Mm-hmm. This, the, what, re- what, oh, you thought you recorded the wrong show? The songs on that song's playing, and I'm yep. like. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I rewind it again. I'm like, this says Lost is next. <laughs> and I, I didn't even let it play through mm-hmm. to like the going to break where it goes up the ladder. And it's like, oh, he isn't. I watched it twice before I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. Like, this is actually Lost. Like, I was so confused. Um, and the introduction of one of my favorite characters on the show. Desmond. He, he yeah, is great. I like Desmond. Um, but also, uh, this week you wanted to talk about Henry. <gasps> There goes the last of my hearing. The shield. Sorry. <laughs> See, it's the season five I, premiere of the shield. God. Yes, and when the show, like, no offense to the Glenn Close season, mm-hmm. I, I love that season. Season four, really? yeah. yeah I just the well, only, like, I think of that as the uh, oh god, stunt the, casting. No, the. Oh, the the uh, he was Anthony the, Anderson. Anthony Anderson yeah. season. Yeah, he's yeah. the real star of that. Yes, season. yes. He's, he, but everything back in the precinct isn't as good. And I didn't like the alliance they had with Glenn Close. So bringing in a new captain who is just hunting down Vic. Yes. Mac. So for if you don't know what Vic again, just to explain the show, like I, I wonder how easy it is to watch. I know if you have a PlayStation, it's all free on Crackle. You can watch every episode. <laughs> yep. I've right. never said those words together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite shows of the last ten yeah. years. And it I, is a great show. Anybody who's ever saw it agrees with me yeah. and everybody who hasn't wonders what the hell it's about it, yeah. took, it took you like two years of nagging me and then I finally watched like, oh yeah this was great because it's, it's about a corrupt cop yeah as we say it a million times yeah. oh it's a show about a cop who doesn't Please play by the rules yeah. like, but, <laughs> and that's why I want to watch it but you, like you said like the worst thing he does is the first episode yes yeah. and to it is tune a ball with the ball it is a kid rock ball with a ball song but that is the only thing that really truly dates it I guess they use and a lot the of dreamcast and, and they use a lot of pages and beavers but uh, it's it's well it's, it's more the full frame non-HD quality of the show that it that never to. Yeah. But, it's but it's more just like he does this awful thing well, I'm going to spoil it just in case someone is inspired to watch it but it like well this clip will spoil it but <laughs> he kills a cop in the first episode and the rest of the show is him trying to get cover up that lie which begets more lies yes. and more and lies it's just, and if you think Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad does a great job of building suspense and tension like how's he going to get out of this the shield was already doing it unbelievably too. and did it extremely well so that every yeah. like oh he's totally going to get caught this and time you're rooting, and, and I had, had a better finale too I'm yo, just it's, it's, it's my, yes. my favorite finale yes yeah. the last episode of this show was great mm-hmm. but this season 5 premiere January 10th mm-hmm. uh, with Forrest Whitaker coming on as Kevin so Kevin the best Best heavy they ever had. And uh, the YouTube video Tim uh, account Timbo posted a <laughs> a clip. I guess it's a montage of Kavanaugh quotes about Vic Mackey, who is Michael Chiklis, who's a corrupt cop. <laughs> and it's set to the song you won't believe. I just confirmed some very disturbing news. So what? He's a uh, internal he, affairs. He's internal affairs. Who's mm-hmm. finally going to take down Mackey? Yes. Vic Mackey kills what? <laughs> <laughs> A gang leader with the sole purpose of my ex-wife. He's pissing all over us. He's pissing all over us. 
<laughs> Love that line. What the? Uh, and then he, now it's just zooming in. He's screwed. Suspects. He may have assassinated my ex-wife, and that's just all in one day. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. kind of jumping around a little yeah. bit, but it's uh, nonetheless he sleep. Like the guy hunting him down, he then sleeps with his wife, and like, and then he tries to sleep with his wife back. It seems really he, far fetched, but it's like it's kind of amazing television. It is great watching this guy who's like, I'm going to catch this corrupt cop, and in the process, lose like total Ahab's yes. himself of like <laughs> totally, like, yeah. like just yeah. loses complete sense of sanity, mm-hmm. and the show is insane. Was and, that the most highbrow reference we've ever? Made. <laughs> I love that to Ahab, Ahab himself. I, have, I was looking for it's it. It's not just a highbrow reference. I love turning it into a verb. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, I'm stealing that. I was going to say white whale, and I'm like, nah. I, I think that, that speech Ahab's at the end himself. when he like put, putting the <laughs> bars on him, he's like, I became too much like you. Yeah, like, yeah like, and that proves yeah. he's the better guy than than Vic because he's like. No, I won't cross the line mm-hmm. to beat to beat you. I have to cross a line, and I'm not going to do that. Will someone yeah. give Forrest Whitaker his own show? Seriously, he's, yeah. he's been a great actor for decades, and he just sort of—it's like they don't know what to do with him. Yeah, he, uh, just, well, just like this that's super imposing yeah. in a very low volume. Like, yeah. I love those kind of characters. Oh, yeah. the stuff with the in the first episode, I think mm-hmm. it is he the, his pressuring tactic with the gum mm-hmm. is like. Fresh pack, just open it. Come on, you want a piece of gum, right? Please, take a piece of it. Come on. Come on. Uh, well, he, he doesn't have a show now, but he was great in The Shield. <laughs> What's great is when you try to search The Shield theme, yeah. uh, guess what has completely replaced... Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. No? Sierra uh, Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Oh, The Shield of WWE. Oh, really? Which That's- is... Yeah. Which is now Roman Reigns music, but like <laughs> the Shield theme, it's it's all them now. It's wow. not the show, uh, which was kind of interesting. I feel bad for all If I can bring up the beauty of that, because the show would have a cold open where they start with the episode, and then yeah, you, can you play it for me? Uh, well, I'm, I've ah, got whatever. It. I've but got just it like back up here, uh, that's when the that's the t- like. There's yeah. no title sequence of the show. It's just the title with that sound clip. Like, yeah, ten seconds, mm-hmm. and then later in the series, it's just sort of like that. Title pops up forty minutes into one of the episodes. Oh, it's so awful! It's, it is. The it rest is, of the song is so awful. Living the good life, but it's yeah, it is amazing. Sometimes you'll be like nine, ten, twelve minutes into the show, and you'll forget that the show hasn't started. And yet. It hasn't officially started, and then you're like, because <laughs> I, I remember it wasn't it wasn't hugely popular, but it's popular enough for regular television that eventually. Because we would, I would go. I don't watch sports, but I would go over to my friend's house. and We'd all watch the Shield together. Yellow like, ball? Uh, yeah, not not yellow ball, nor brown ball. <laughs> um, then we watched the Shield together, and it was presented com- with limited commercial interruptions by Bud Light. Oh. Uh, so you, so when that started happening, yeah, twenty minutes. Because it, it reminds me of my one of my favorite movies ever, Raising Arizona. I was about I to say it that. It's like it, so it's pulling a Raising Arizona. It does, where it does it a lot. Yeah, you, you got literally yeah. the entire first act of the movie comes yeah. before the credits. But the, the Shield just like not not a wasted episode. Like, <laughs> have we have we sold you on the show, Diana? I've been meaning to watch it for a really long time. It's part of my backlog. If man. you can get through the ba ba ba, like the the, the most Traffic. important thing of the whole show happens to that song. Okay, so oh. it's it's a mental where you're like, and that also didn't you say like they filmed the first episode in like ninety nine yeah, or two thousand? Typical pilot wow. thing. Like, I and don't think it, it didn't become a show else. till oh two. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, oh, and we didn't even mention. Walton Goggins yes. is amazing on the show as Shane uh, Vandrell. Yes, he is so he's yeah. he's honestly the star of the show to me now. Like Michael AKA, Chiklis AKA is an Cletus amazing. Van Damme. Yeah, uh. he's also 
Yeah, he was just in Hateful Eight. Walton Goggins yeah. is amazing. I read this interview with Tarantino about why he cast Goggins, and he said he kept seeing Goggins on these shows saying wannabe Tarantino dialogue. Yeah. So he's like, like fuck it, I'll just hire him to yeah, do a dialogue. real deal. He can clearly yeah. handle it. Yeah. He's king of the rednecks. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's great in Predators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That's uh, that's this episode for 302010. Hey. That is uh, 86, 96, and 06. And thanks again for our theme song from Hot Dad. Yeah. yeah. Slash, slash Dotfliss. Check his YouTube channel out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, I also host VG Empire, the video game music podcast. We recently did an episode about uh, our year-end review of 2015. We had an album of the year for 2015, which was Undertale. It's a great, great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? Uh, I am co-host of Laser Time, the show that the network is named after, yeah. lasertimepodcast.com. You find out more of this stuff, including Talking Simpsons, a show we just launched via Patreon, like this show, um, about all about each and every episode of The Simpsons in chronological order. It's better than it sounds, I swear. Fugumi. <laughs> uh, I'm Henry Gilbert, and I host the Cape Crisis podcast, which is a weekly podcast about the newest events in the world of comic books that is also including their TV shows and their movies. We have a lot of fun talking about comic books, people. <laughs> And I uh, am legally wed to the host of Vigi Game Apocalypse about Vigi games and news and stuff and fun. Mm-hmm. So we end every show with the celebrity birthday guessing Ooh. game. And this time, uh, born in 1948. Okay. Uh, and yeah, again with the 48. Right. Uh, an actor whose most teeth. famous roles include someone who was beaten up to death and mm. someone who was murdered by an alien in the jungle. Not Walton Coggins. Uh, oh, Carl Weathers. He would eventually yeah. appear on Arrested Development. He yeah. is Carl Weathers. Yay. Uh, born in 1948, uh, along with uh, birthdays in the 8 to 14 range, include Dave Grohl, mm. LL Cool J, Patrick Dempsey, McSteamy, no, McDreamy. Yeah. McSteamy was the other guy. <laughs> uh, Rod Stewart, Stephen Hawking, R. Kelly, Mary J. Blige, and Jason Bateman, who was, who was born on January 14th, Along with Carl Weathers. Hey, they uh, share a birthday. Put them together. You got a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does it for this episode. We'll probably go out with a song from uh, Mega Man X, because why not? Mega Man X Collection. Uh, the only excuse I'll have to play. If you like this music, check out... We haven't done Mega Man X yet. We did do no. Rock Band-tober. Uh, four episodes about the classic Mega Man games mm-hmm. on VG Empire. But uh, we'll see you back next week for more 302010.